Welcome to the A Balanced Life Podcast. My name is Atikwa, aka That Finance Chick. I am your host. I specifically help women find healing and balance on their finance journey through wealth building systems. Today's episode is going to be a really good one. I have Miss Catherine, who is going to be my guest today. Her questions are, how do you balance starting a new business while working nine to five and making sure your financial goals are met? Also, when would be the best time to consider getting a loan or is consolidating a good idea? So we're just going to go ahead and hop right into it and welcome Catherine. Hey, hey Catherine. <laughs> Thank you again for being a guest on the Balance Life podcast. I really appreciate you. So you actually have some really, not actually, I hate when people say actually, and I don't mean nothing by it. <laughs> But you have some really good questions. (laughs) Okay. So the first one, when you said, uh, how do you start a new, or how do you balance starting a new business while working a nine to five and still making sure your financial goals are being met? So first things first, I need you to give some information about this business of yours. Uh, Yes. So I, um, in February, I took a leap of faith and did an investment about like five grand towards this program um, for copywriting. And so the program was for, they said that in about three months, you can start up your business um, with like low overhead um, and then start like making money as soon as possible. So um, when I first signed up for the program, of course, I was a new person, so I introduced myself to the community that we have, and I did get, like, a, um Excel sheet from someone that was saying, oh, you can get this done in, like, 30 days. I was like, okay, 30 days, great. Then reality hit, and I was like, um, no. <laughs> so, because I do work um, basically from 8.30 to 5, Monday through Friday, as a pharmacy technician. And then that's not working from home. I actually have to go physically to that location. So between getting up early in the morning, going to my job, then working those eight out eight and a half hours, then coming home, it you can't exactly have the energy, especially um, on Mondays are our busiest days for pharmacies. So Mm -hmm. by the time I get home, I just like I just need to decompress and like go to sleep. (laughs) So um, it was a struggle in the beginning to like do the lessons and everything because it is a course. So you're learning why you're doing this stuff. And then they want you to put it in practice. And I was like, okay. And then I was real hyped up for like a couple of weeks. And then I'm like. I'm tired of writing stuff down and like, I just want to get to the money part. (laughs) So I like took a break, but um, I just decided that there was a lot of things I was coming in finance wise. And I was like, okay, well, I made this investment, which it's, I have it for life, which is a very good thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was just like, I need to make this work. So I actually got back into it and I kind of skipped like all the other things I was doing in the beginning. And I just went to straight to the like part where I need to like learn how to do this so I can make the money. Um, Mm -hmm. So I did do on 4th of July, actually, I did go to like a kind of like this. It was it's similar to a podcast because it was like a question and answer kind of thing. So we have one of our um, people that actually did really good with this program. We got on okay. a call, a Zoom call, and she basically just talked to us and any questions that we had. And that was like the real first step I actually took to like actually moving forward with this. So since then, I have been going back to it and um, doing the lessons and everything like that and starting to like actually write and try to like get out there but yeah it was definitely a struggle I was like okay I got this when I first got you know all new and stuff then I'm like my head hurt I'm ready to go sleep I'm hungry Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes yes (laughs) okay so you have all that on top of your 830 to 5 job um I, I know we've worked on your budget before. Yeah. <laughs> so 
with your with you starting the business and you wanting to make sure that you are balancing, maintaining all of the things plus your financial goals, what are your main short-term goal short-term goals right now to focus on? Because when you are starting a business and then also working nine, nine to five, you kind of have to hone in on like one good thing because too many things on your plate is is overwhelming. So what are the the short term goals that you're wanting to work on financially and business wise? Um, stop. Sorry. <laughs> my my furry child. Um, so a short term goals will probably be just to make sure that I am still staying within my budget, which um, I have been doing pretty good with that. because I'm still saving in that high yield savings account that I got, which they increase the um percentage i was like yes and so um <laughs> but also to just making sure that i'm not drowning myself with trying to get extra responsibility um mm-hmm. basically the overhead for this business seems significantly low um i believe in the talk that we had she said that the most you would probably pay out would be like 250 i was like okay that's pretty decent and then i have like you know the world of technology working for me. So that would definitely not cut into my profit margin once I start making some money. Um, Right. And I just want to make sure that I'm still paying my bills on time. And also um, I can afford to like get groceries because, you know, inflation is real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also make sure to get food for like my cat. So um, I just want to make sure that I'm still working towards my goals of increasing my income while still being realistic and like, okay, like I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. And then I'm like, okay, well, where did the money go? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Cause when you start your business, especially in this digital world, you say, oh, the, the, the entry barrier cost is very low. And considering the alternative, which is like a brick and mortar in a traditional business, mm-hmm. absolutely it's low. But those costs can start adding up if you aren't careful, especially with all of the software services that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you were told that at most you may have to pay $250, is that for the software or what is that for? Um, I was going to say, I think that would be some of the programs that I would use. Um, They did talk a lot about the different uh, management tools that you can use to keep yourself on track if you don't, like, write it down. And I can do either or. Um, I'm very organized, so if I do write things down, I'll have its own book, which I practically have a notebook for every different thing, even for your course. Like I had a financial book <laughs> along with the <laughs> along with the planner that you gave me and everything that I needed to do that I couldn't write in a planner. I had that in our notebook and I still have that notebook. So um, <laughs> um, but basically, yeah, it was just the tools that you were gonna use. And um if you were gonna be more people oriented or more of the I um AI oriented, which when she was talking about it, I was like, I can connect with people, but I'm not a social butterfly. So I mostly do like my background stuff by myself. And then if I do need help, then I'd be like, okay, I need you to do this for me because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> Okay. All right. (laughs) Now, one thing when it comes to your budget, um, from what I remember from a previous session is I, um, I have no worries about you maintaining your budget because just the way that you move money around and allocate funds, I think you have been one of, I think you have been one of the best clients in terms of um, how you came in with your budget and then how you left with your budget. (laughs) You don't, you don't play about allocation. So (laughs) I don't, I don't have any concerns about that. I think really my main concern um, just based off of our history and then um, your questions, it looks like more so it's about time management is one of the main things that we just have to have to cover because 
you are working a full-time job and then also trying to work a full-time business at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to get uncomfortable for a while. Like I I can't even sugarcoat that for you (laughs) at all. It's going to be uncomfortable for a while. You may have some sleepless nights um, often, more often than not, uh, honestly. So (laughs) that's that's just the reality because especially if you are going to be um, building your business in a digital space and so you're not paying for like advertisements or anything like that, most of your investment is going to be time investment, mm. sweat equity, um, like you taking a day out of the month and then like bulk creating your content so people know who you are, what you do and how you can help them. And that gets tedious because depending on the platform that you're going to be on, um, the life cycle of content does not last long. Like if you're going to be on Instagram or TikTok, um, we, we've seen the content cycle <laughs> does not last. So um, how are you getting yourself out there for one? Like what, what platforms are you using so people can know who you are? Um, so I do. So that was one of the questions I did ask her because I was like, I'm an introvert, but I'm a introvert and an extrovert when I need to be um, mm-hmm. because I would not be working in a pharmaceutical environment if I was an extreme extra introvert. Um, yeah. So I asked her, I said, so how are you on social media? She's like, I have a social media. I don't even use it. I was like, great. That's the right answer. <laughs> um, but she did say to like, go ahead and started looking for my clients through like Facebook groups and um, also looking on Instagram as well, but just mainly mm-hmm. to like find them and like interact with them. But I don't have to use my platforms as I don't need to. Now, if people wanted to get um, to contact me, then of course later on or in the beginning, I can set up another account. Now that was one thing I was trying to figure out because you know, most people, they put like their life and their work together all in the same account. And it's like, I get it because you want to show that you are human, that, you know, you're just like the rest of us. But at the same time, it's like, well, what line do you draw like on your post or like what you put on there? Like, you can't put like a family reunion thing on there where you acting up and stuff and then try to be professional. Why not? <laughs> Well, okay, I guess you can, but <laughs> um, so that's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, well, should I have two accounts? But mm-hmm. then I was thinking, but I mostly don't really use it except for like if I go to like new restaurants or if I go on a vacation, that's when I usually post stuff. I don't post like constantly every day, 24-7, because most of the time I'm at work. So when I get right. these notifications... I'm just like, okay, I'll look at that later. And then I forget when I get home. Um, so, yeah, I would be using Facebook groups, like, going to what I want to do. Like, I did want to do ghostwriting. I feel like that is something interest- that's something I'd be interested in because, at the same time, I do write as well. I was like, oh, okay. Right. So, I would, like, practically go to a Facebook group search and be like oh um ghostwriting groups or chats or what they have issues with and see if I can help them either promote themselves or help them with sales of or any kind like that and make connections that way and then of course I would try to keep those notifications on but everything else I just block out (laughs) so I did um because I did take a break from like all my notifications I just turned them all off um, so when my friends and stuff be posting things, I'm like, oh, okay, well, send it to me in a text and I'll look at it later. <laughs> okay. So not only am I hearing that there is a, a time issue, but then there's just a overall strategy issue with how you are going to get clients and connect with them. Because if I've heard the strategies before of going into to Facebook groups and, you know, interacting with people, but you have a limited amount of time to work with. Um, and once you interact with people, like what's the next step, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I, personally, I do think that you should have a social media account. And because you are more introverted, I would more than likely recommend 
um, YouTube because that content lasts longer and you can have a content bank. So when you are interacting with people, they have somewhere to go to and actually look at you and see, okay, I um, can relate to her content. This is what she's working with. And it seems like she's the person that I should be working with. Um, instead of, okay, I'm interacting with this person, but I have nowhere to go to. So where am I going to see um, her personality, her professionalism? Uh, you know, what can she actually do in terms of, you know, what services she's selling? So because you are limited with time, I know you don't want to be all on social media like that, or you can't be on social media like that. But I, I think you need to at least have a platform that has content that people can reference so they can actually get to know you. Most clients for people who have um, coaching services or done for you services, most clients are actually stalking your page first <laughs> without even interacting with you. <laughs> so. Yeah, that sounds about right because we be looking like, okay, who is this person? Yes. So. <laughs> okay. And I know for me, if I'm looking for a service, I don't want to talk to you first. I don't. I want to look through your profile. I want to see what your personality is like, what people are saying in your comment section. I want to pretty much get to know this person that you've curated online before we get on the phone because I've more than likely made my decision before we even got on the phone. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there are a lot of people who are like that. So to help you with your time restraints, I would say maybe once one Saturday a month, you um, take a couple of hours and you create four separate videos that you can put on YouTube to showcase your expertise and what you're working on when it comes to copywriting. Um, and then in it, on top of the copywriting, you mentioned that you wanted to do more so ghostwriting. So creating content around that, especially when you have things like book talk that's now migrating over to Instagram, mm -hmm. I think you can showcase your um, content like that. So if you start off with the four videos a month with YouTube, and then you um, take maybe another Saturday out the month and then break down some of your content into short forms so that you repurposed it. You didn't have to create anything new. You just took what you had and made it shorter so you can showcase what you're doing. So that way you're maximizing your time, maximizing your content, and also building a no like, and trust uh, bank content or no like, no like, and trust content bank um, for potential clients. Hmm, okay. So I think out of, if you work that strategy time-wise, I, I think you might be able to get away with um, 10 to 15 hours a month on content creation while you're getting started and getting comfortable. Okay. I don't know where this fly came from, but now he wants to show his tail now that I'm talking. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so, my cat's being good. He's next to me, but he's chilling over there sleeping. <laughs> okay, so once you um, set a schedule for two Saturdays out the month, one Saturday to create your content, the other Saturday to break down that content so you can put on maybe other platforms so you can get in front of people, um, that has that would help you minimize your burnout throughout the week since you are in a uh, customer facing career already. Mm -hmm. I already, I already know that too well. <laughs> you go from talking to somebody all day, every day, hiding facial expressions, interacting with different people's energy. By the time you get home, you don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in this particular case, since everything is digital and finding your clients is going to be you know, through a digital format, I think doing it that way will help minimize your burnout and also help you keep your time together. Okay. Uh, yes, because burnout is real. Hey, EJ. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then how are you doing still with managing the, the, your expenses, debt, and your savings goal? Because I know once we finished working together, you had, you had a plan. <laughs> yes, I did have a plan. Um, so I actually did get a raise um since the last time we talked. Thank you. Um, so that helped a little bit because once I got the well, once it kicked in, I was like, I have like an extra like two hundred dollars. Okay. 
And then I was looking at what I was paying and I double checked with my HR and she was like, yeah, you still paying for insurance? I was like, okay, that's very important because I'm about to go to this daughter's appointment. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> um, but um, I'm still actually doing the $500, $503 a month. Um, $253 of that already goes to that high yield savings account. And I haven't touched any money from there. Um, as of right now, it's already at uh 1600 so um and i'm still doing the investing um i know we talked about that a little bit so i'm doing the two investings i'm doing the lfs uh -oh. i'm doing mm -hmm. the lfs um and then i'm also doing um fidelity still mm -hmm. Now, i will have to say with fidelity i'm putting it in there but i forget to like allocate it so i'm like Oh, okay, I got some money. And then, because they have a time there from like 8.30 to 4, and I'm at work, so I forget to like put it in. And then I'm looking, I was like, oh, you need to start putting this in the thing. So <laughs> I have it in there. It's just okay. just sitting there. But it's still going in there. Um, Now, the $50 that I did have going towards um my Merrill Lynch, that one's mm -hmm. kind of iffy sometimes because... I may have to use that $50 for like paying my electricity bill. But gotcha. when I do have the extra money, I do put that in there and it goes in there automatically as soon as I put it into the Bank of America. Cause I have it linked where if I put it in Bank of America, it takes out the $50 to, towards that automatically. So everything is automatic, um, which simplified my life so much. And uh, right now, actually, I have it set up where I put in, so I take it, so when I get paid, I take the $500 already out of my check and put in my mm -hmm. savings. And then when it gets closer to the time where everything needs to go out, then I just put it back into my checkings and then it, it just distributes itself where it needs to go. Good. Um, and I was going to say, I'm still pretty good with my food budget. Like two weeks worth of food still cost me at least. Well, if you know, if you get meat, cause meat is so expensive now, like mm -hmm. the most I'm paying is like 200. But the least oh, okay. that I pay is like $130, um, $140. But other than that, I haven't had to actually cut out anything that I had when I did my original budget with my my needs and my wants. Um, even though Spotify yesterday sent me an email like, oh, we're going up a dollar. I was like, of course you are. Everybody going up a dollar. <laughs> 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 but I mean, I guess I'll sacrifice that one little dollar to, you know, get unlimited skips on what I want. Um, right. But yeah, other than that, nothing really. Oh, well, my insurance did go up for my car. Um, but of course, that's on the credit card, which I am paying that off monthly until I okay. start doing more of chunking once the other money comes in. But okay. Other than that, I haven't really been like, oh, my God, I'm short. Why? And, like, freaking out. Um, I was going to say, that's about it. Yeah. So, the budget is still pretty good. Good. So, going back to the business side, in this program that you're in, um, is is there a section or do they help you create a business plan, business strategy, um, so you can start making income? Um, so they do have where they tell you to do a website um, and they also tell you to set up an LLC for it. Um, so you can already have that in place. And also they help you with your taxes, I believe, once you start making income. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of questions that I do see on the forum where people that are coming in or getting jobs are like, well, what bank accounts do I use? Or like, what can I use to like balance my books and stuff? And I'm thinking, well, I already kind of know that stuff from like when I was with you where you can get like QuickBooks, um, the mobile app, or you can get like another type of thing that already does it for you. Just input everything. Mm -hmm. Or you can get an actual live person if you want <laughs> and let them do it. Yeah. Um. So I haven't done any of that stuff yet because first I was like, well, let me see what I can actually bring in first. And then, because if I do an LLC, my thinking is if I do an LLC, LLC right now and I don't have any income in, yes, I'm registered, but it's just sitting there. It's just it's collecting dust. Yes. What's the point? The same thing with the website. I can get a website, make it all fancy and everything, and I can have a portfolio, but 
if I'm not actively getting clients, then that's another thing that I'm wasting money on when I need to get the clients first. Then I'm like, yeah, I did this in the background and then I get the website. So I'm actually working like backwards. Like I'm doing all the stuff that I need to, to get the income first and then, you know, get the pretty products and the shiny things and show you like, here I am. Cause I don't like wasting money. <laughs> so, I, I like the fact that you're working backwards because I, I understand wanting to have the business foundation. Um, like business coaches say that you want that foundation. However, <laughs> you want to make sure that your uh, business idea is substantiated. And the best way for you to do that is by bringing in income. Once you mm-hmm. are bringing in that income, then doing everything else will make sense. Um, cause like you said, you don't like wasting money. And a lot of people wasted money on LLCs during COVID and there's nothing going on with it. So yeah. I, I, I like that. And then if you are trying to build a portfolio, you don't need a website to do that first. Um, you can create like a Google, uh, it's not called G suite anymore, Google workspace. And okay. you can put things in like Google drive. If somebody wants to see your work, you can send them a link to your Google drive so you can show them that. Um, and then if you are going to use QuickBooks or even PayPal, you can send out an invoice so you can start getting paid. And then once more income starts rolling in, then you say, okay, let, let me go ahead and build out an actual website. Let me go ahead and, um, get this subscription to QuickBooks online or QuickBooks self-employed. So then that way you're, you're not taking money away from your nine to five, your business income is covering those expenses for you. Mm-hmm. And then I can also use that, I believe, when I do my taxes as a write-off, correct? Yes. Yes, okay. you can. Like, absolutely. That's all I need to know. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, I can't squeeze Uncle Sam until I can't squeeze him no more. <laughs> okay. And then, um, so we don't need to cover your your income, your expenses, your debt savings, because you're still working your original plan. Um, Do you know how much you're going to be charging for your services? Um, We do have uh, a segment on that, but usually they are saying like when you first start, at least like when I start writing blogs or anything that I'm doing, I would be charging about like 200 or 200 to 400, depending on how many blogs I do like, per week or whatever mm-hmm. um but like I said the person that I was talking to and we had a session with she her first three months she was bringing in 10k so and that was just one client and she was doing like all their things so it depends on what the client needs and that's also another thing I was going to do is once I do start talking to clients I would make like a, a questionnaire or a forum and be like okay what is your budget and then what do you need from me? And then let me see what I can do within your budget. Now, if it goes over your budget, then we can work something out that we can do like a payment plan or something. Because I'm still going to get this money, but um, I just want to make sure I can work with you and you not like just use me just to use me. <laughs> okay, well, let me help you out on just speaking from experience here. <laughs> That's the queen of former burn. I mean, the former queen of burnout. Um, I would not recommend you do a form like that um, because you're going to end up burning yourself out some more because you're going to, you're possibly going to be attracting people who um, want you to give them the world for nothing. Um, I think if you actually set a price and say, this is what I do and I'm not going outside of this scope of work, um, you will be able to attract more concise audience uh, clients and you minimize your risk of burnout because you're not doing all of the things. Um, I, when people start their business and speaking from experience, you try to do everything so you can make an income, so you can substantiate you know, what you're doing, but you need to be as specific as possible and stay within those guidelines for yourself because, again, you, you're working off a limited time. Um, you want to make sure that you're bringing in income. You're not doing busy work just for the heck of it. You want to make sure that everything that you're doing is intentional. Um, so I would recommend that you define what you actually do as a copywriter and then focus on that that thing that you do. 
Um, so instead of you saying, you know, I do ghostwriting, I do, um, you know, blog posts, marketing posts, figure out what your bread and butter is going to be, because that way you can become more of an expert in that space. And then as time goes on, you can increase your prices. And then once you are making enough income where you can hire a team, then maybe, you know, you have someone who can do um, ghostwriting, somebody who can do blog writing, someone who can do marketing, writing, um, sales page writing, things like that. But because you're just, you know, the one person running your business and you're wearing all of the hats, I would highly recommend that you focus on one thing, one niche, and run with that until um, you've outgrown it and you can have enough income set aside to, you know, maybe hire on people who can help you with running your business. Okay. Um, I was going to say, um, so then that would give me, an, that would do another question. So, okay, I'm starting out and I know what I'm worth. So I just straight up like tell them, <laughs> like I was, yes. like, I would, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because at the end of the day, people are coming to you or people will be coming to you for a service. They are expecting to pay for that service. And there is a whole psychology around, excuse me, there's a whole psychology around your price point. When people are, um, when people think that you are too, your price is too cheap, they think that you're not going to do a good job. Um, it's like that luxury. You can't say that you're a luxury brand and, you know, you can't say that you're a luxury car brand and you're most expensive car is $25,000. $25,000 in cars and luxury don't go hand in hand. <laughs> no. You're like, that's, is it a lemon? Are you sure? That you know, I think that's a that's a Camry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you have you if you have um the experience in copywriting, you've had your um, results. So you can show people, hey, this is what I do. This is the result that I got for people. This is why I priced myself this. Because a lot of times people will tell you, charge what you're worth. You can never charge what you're worth because nobody can see that fully except for you for the most part. Um, so you need to charge what actually makes sense for your business model and who you're trying to reach. Because obviously, if you're um, reaching out to someone who has a startup business, they're just blogging for the first time, they're not going to pay maybe $2,000, $3,000 for you to write um, something. But if you go to established business owners and they know time is money, you have more of a chance with them paying you your fee without fighting you about it. Um, I've had to learn that the hard way. My, my, my program has seen multiple price changes <laughs> because I have learned that the hard way. But you need to make sure that um, you... You have your lane, you stick to that, and then you are confident in the price point that you set. Okay. But then also deliver based on that price point that you set as well. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, when I tell you something, I, I do what I tell you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you know, the prime example, I was like, okay, I'm coming with you with some ideas I already got set up. I just need you to tell me the plan so I can get it all together. So yes, Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> But th does that make sense of you picking that, picking a niche and sticking with that until you've gotten to a point where you're financially stable within your business and you are comfortable with hiring out to maybe add extra services to your company? Yes. Okay. Because that's also, so that's what they were saying. But then um, that's the biggest thing I was like, was hanging me up. I was like, well, what is my niche? But then I was like, you know what? This is stuff that you like. Basically, I like to write, I like to watch anime, and I like to eat. So, <laughs> like, I'm just going to put that out there and, like, just start looking at things like that and be like, hey, you need help? All right, I got you. Yeah, and based off of your interest and in what you like writing about, first of all, um, TV community is obviously huge. I, mm -hmm. it, I'm a big anime person, my dad going self, but, and I know that community is gigantic. Um, like we're all waiting on one piece day for goodness sake. Um, <laughs> and then, um, food blogs, 
obviously we've seen how much those um, pages have grown so much over these last couple of years due to COVID. People are rediscovering the things that they enjoy, um, finding their hobbies, finding different outlets. So I think you can easily navigate one of those, but I would still say start off with one first. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe in the beginning, you might take on a couple of odd jobs in those different um, categories, but I will still say um, once you have gotten some work under your belt, then hone in on one. So then that way you can become the go-to in your, in your expertise for that specific category. Okay. All right. Then the next question you had. So when you said what, when would be the best time to consider getting a loan or is consolidating a good idea? Can you expand on that question? Uh, Yes. So, of course, you know, everybody, at least the majority of people, um, are concerned about our student loans. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know, well, personally, I got the letter. I was like, oh, okay, you're accepted into our program. I was like, great. And then they're like, oh, now we got to wait for government. And I was like, hmm, okay, yeah. So, of course, you know, with the certain... The sudden laws or the sudden um, decree by the Supreme Court, that mm-hmm. got shut down. So yes. it's like, okay, now I have it looming over my head again when I haven't had it for almost like a year and some change now. Yeah. So um, I did look since when I was with you in your program and looking through like what I owed and stuff, there are some that I can't pay off like a chunk of it. Um, and also like what you said, like, just tell them to go straight to the principal instead of doing the interest. Um, but I was thinking, is it better for me to just try to consolidate everything and make one big payment? And could you do that with, um, just doing the principal or would they still go straight to the, um, interest? It depends. So when it comes to your student loans, are they federal or are they private? Um, they're all federal. Okay. Um, do you remember your interest rate for your federal loans? Um, that I do not know. I have two different providers. Now I have, well, I have Nelnet for like the longest. And then now I have Advent. They used to, yeah, it used to be like Sally Mae, then it went to Navient, and now it's this new person. Okay. Yeah. So... With Nelnet, typically, if you got your student loan using like FAFSA, um, you your interest rate shouldn't be that high. It, it shouldn't be, I think, more than six, maybe seven percent. Yeah, I um, think so. Because if you consolidate it and you get like maybe a personal loan or you um, you consolidate it with a private student loan provider, I think you end up losing the most because you're going to have one, a higher interest rate. Um, A lot of the student loan providers that do private loan consolidation, they have terrible uh, reviews with customers because of how they handled those payments. Um, And then you just end up paying more in the long run. So I, I've never been a fan of debt consolidation simply because if they drop the ball, it's still on you. Um, and considering that most people don't read their contracts, <laughs> I might be one of the few that do. Cause I'm like, uh-uh, you're not about to catch me. What, where's a loophole just in case. Cause, um, I'll be quick to be like, uh-uh, that's not right. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, private, private loans typically are going to cost you more in the long term over, um, over your federal loans, unless you are able to get a loan that's going to give you a 5%, 4% interest rate, or um, there's a loan that gives you 0% interest rate for a certain amount of time if you pay off your debt within that time, then that works. But honestly, I'm not a fan of debt consolidation. You end up paying more and it just creates a bigger headache for a lot of people. Um And then in terms of just getting a personal loan, I think that's out of the question because the personal loans are going to be way more, it's just going to, the interest rate is going to be a lot higher than what you're paying with your student loans now. Okay. Okay. Cause like, I I was thinking that. Oh, go ahead. 
No, I was gonna say I was thinking that was the case, especially with like the interest rates period. Um, going through this crazy like explosion, I'm like, you especially if it's what? a variable loan. Yes, and I'm like, wait, you want me to pay how much? With how much percentage? Uh, no. <laughs> yes. Um, I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, consolidating the loan is it, really based off convenience. I. The convenience is not worth <laughs> paying 25% <laughs> at all. Yeah. There's nothing that convenient that's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to pay the extra 25% on top of a $30,000 loan. Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, I would just, if it makes sense number wise, um, I would consider it like if it's going to be cheaper for you. But if you, if it just comes out that it's going to be charging you a little bit more because of the convenience. I wouldn't. I wouldn't okay. even recommend it. Okay. Because, um, of course, you know, you do see those advertisements like, oh, the national, like, debt relief. And they're like, well, how much do you have in, like, credit cards? I was like, not that much. Because, one, um, I don't use my credit cards like that. I don't max out my credit cards. I only use them for emergencies. And, two, I'm already paying, like, 25.99% on, like, that interest which when I actually like total how much I actually use is less than that so you basically are just paying your interest and I'm like that's why I only have two <laughs> <laughs> yes uh -huh. um and then even like with credit cards even if you max it out every single month as long as you pay the balance off by or before the statement cycle due date um and by, excuse me, you pay your credit card balance, you pay the credit card balance down by the statement cycle date. It helps you with utilization on your credit report. Then you pay down the rest of the balance by your due date and that minimizes interest. So even though on paper it says you have a 27% variable interest rate, it doesn't matter if you're paying it off in full by the due date every single month because you're not paying any interest. Okay. Um, and honestly, and this might even be a little controversial, not even a little, probably a lot, especially in the finance space. People don't like me as it is. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> when it, uh, if it gets to the point that you really think that you need to consolidate um, like your loans and this isn't even including your student loans. I, if it's ever to the point that you are drowning in debt and you feel like you need to consolidate, I would just still highly recommend going the chapter 13 bankruptcy route. Um, because it's giving you one payment plan and the interest rate is not charging you a crazy amount. Yes, it's going to be on your credit as a public record, and you're going to have to ask the court permission to get new credit, but that's only until you finish paying off the debt and the time that the court's uh, allotted. Okay. So everything, everything is a double-edged sword. You got to weigh the pros and cons for everything that you do financially. But honestly, I would never recommend anybody do debt consolidation if they are drowning in that much debt. I would honestly just say if you, your credit is not you specifically, but I would say if your credit is already shot um, and you have all this debt, there's no point in trying to consolidate it with a high interest loan. Might as well just go to the court and get that, um, get it taken care of that way. and then. If it's if it's really really bad, then a chapter seven and knock all of that out. It's going to be on your credit for seven to ten years, but if you're drowning in debt, it gives you seven to ten years to work on your credit. Okay. Well, yeah, I, that's what I was considering, but I was like, I'm actually not doing very. I'm not doing bad. So yes. it's just that yeah. you know, one thing, especially with like money revolves around the world. One thing goes from one other thing to another thing. You're like, dang, can I just like get this 10K and like just pay off what I need to pay off? And then you're like, but then you got to pay it back. And it's like, yes. yeah, that's the part where I'm like, mm, that don't know. That don't make no sense. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's just a revolving debt cycle um, because it's you're chasing the next. Oh, can I just. um do a balance transfer on my credit card. It's giving me zero percent for eighteen months, but then a lot of uh, the companies aren't counting on you or counting on you not paying it off within that eighteen months. And then now you have you know the interest. Um, and then people forget that oh, with the balance transfer, when you make any additional purchases or payments on that credit card, 
the balance transfer doesn't include the new payment. So now you're just accumulating interest on top of, you know, the balance that's already there. So every time you're trying to consolidate something, there's always going to be cons <laughs> to what you're doing. Um, it's just picking the lesser of the evils out there when it comes to trying to have one payment and one payment only. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause I did, I, of course, um, one of my credit cards that I've had since I started college was just 2006. So I had that card for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, they're like, Oh yeah, you still got that like balance transfer option. I'm like, no, y'all the devil. And I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> not calling these people the devil <laughs> i'm just like no i feel like you trying to set me up and that's not what i'm about to do in my life right now so i'm not gonna do that um but i was gonna say yeah, basically i would just probably um once i do get the extra income like start chunking on the student loans um Cause like I said, I wrote them down and I have like one that's like a hundred dollars. I was like, really? Like a hundred dollars and you charging me interest on a hundred dollars? But I, was yeah. like, I know it's a Absolutely. whole business. Yeah. I was like, I know it's a business, but then can you like, just like cut that to 50 and then just like put the 50 somewhere else? I don't understand, but, Never. um, <laughs> Never. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, and I was going to say, oh, and then also, too, I did go ahead and um, get a policy, a life insurance policy for cash value. Okay. So I will be starting on that. I have to take like a medical exam for it. And I was yes. like, okay, well, you know, that's fine. I had to go to the doctor anyway, so might as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I did tell my colleague, I was like, yeah, you need to do that, too. And she was like, oh, I was like, she was saying that she got like a... Uh, she did one for like half a million or a million. And I was like, mm -hmm. and you're, you're not doing this with cash value. Why? <laughs> because it costs more. Um, but you're putting the money that you're putting in, you can take that out as a loan and not pay it back. Yes. So if you put in a million and you still paying on that million, you could at least take out half a million, which is enough to at least help you retire. Let's think about this. <laughs> The problem, the problem in the finance space and when it comes to um, life insurance is that cash value life insurance policies have such a bad name. And I understand it, but I love those policies if you pad it right and if you use them correctly. Because um, it's one of those things that if you overfund the policy and you're in the proper allocation uh, strategy for your policy, then it's actually going to work for you and it's going to make more money where it's getting this terrible name is people saying, oh, it's expensive. There are fees depending on the company that you're going through. And um, if you don't overfund it, it is a waste of money. But again, when it comes to finance, it's personal. You have to weigh the pros and cons of what actually makes sense because um, there are people who are more than okay with just you know renting their life insurance policy with term policies. It's it's cheaper. Um, mm -hmm. And some policies allow you to convert to permanent policies later. But then whole policies, that's like the tried and true in the community because it's like, okay, well, this has been here forever. And this is what I, I was told that I should get because it's permanent and I can build money, but it's slow and it can be expensive too. And then you have cash value where it's kind of like a hybrid. It allows you to um, have a permanent policy that can last you up until age 120 years old. But it also gives you the opportunity to grow your money if you overfund it and if you use it right and if you have the proper allocation. So when it comes to life insurance, people are a little bit iffy because they're like, oh, well, why do I need this? Well, first off, everybody needs it, even your newborn. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> but, um, it's it. The bad rep comes from people not doing the research and people not properly using the account how they're supposed to use it but i'm glad that you got your insurance policy and i want to make sure that you overfund this policy when you get approved for it <laughs> so that it's actually working for you and you're not just paying for an expensive policy yes that's that's the goal like so i was gonna say the um the methods and stuff that i learned through like your program i'm i'm using them still so and like i said i got my notebook and i also got the planner 
and I got an extra planner somehow, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I still use, um, the processes that we went over. So, um, that's why I was able to make the choice, the conscious choice of trying to get another business because I was like, I can do this. I know it's going to be a lot of work. That's the biggest thing of it is the work part. But yeah. um, I'm just like, I can do it. Sometimes I just might be thinking like, why did I do this? But <laughs> now, because the main thing that we did discuss for your strategy session is time management when it comes to your nine to five in your business. Um, it's going to be really important that you come up with a, an actual content strategy that you can work. And that's going to be effective because um, with you have a limited, with you having limited availability, you're going to want to make sure that you stay on top of that schedule as much as possible and not deviate from it. So that way you are still creating your authority in this space and um, you're not burning yourself out. That's the, the last thing that I want you to have to experience because that sucks and it takes a long time to get to restart yourself. <laughs> so um, just to recap, your main strategy is picking a time Picking and picking two days out the month that you can dedicate to, to creating content so that um, you can start putting it on your platform of choice. I would highly recommend that you go the YouTube route and then uh, start breaking up your content later on down the line because you can have a content bank where your content lives forever on YouTube since it's evergreen. It's not evergreen on Instagram or TikTok. I think I, I'm, I'm not a clock app user myself. But um, I think now or for a while, you've been able to search things on Google and it comes up with TikToks. But I still would recommend the OG YouTube because, I mean, YouTube and Google, they go together. <laughs> yeah. And it's the largest search engine. And when people are looking to buy something, um, especially when it comes to business services, I think they're more so looking at platforms like YouTube because that's where the experts are. Okay. okay. I mean, not saying you can't make money on other platforms. Clearly other people are doing it, but also taking into consideration your personality and your time. <laughs> I think YouTube is going to be the best for you. <laughs> yeah. I can't just be like, oh, I'm going to take this picture right quick. No, I'm probably going to be sleep. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> But um, yeah, I was gonna say I think that's my biggest thing is my time management. Um, but because I do know I have a goal, I am one of the type of people that if I have a goal, then I'm gonna try to fit it in. It's just like the old saying: you make time for what you want. Yeah. So if I want this extra money, then I'm gonna sit down on my Saturdays while I'm doing my chores and do what I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but other than that, I think, yeah, I think that was only the main thing. Um, and also trying to keep my overhead low as well. I think that would be the, so just finding either free or cheap, but efficient things that will help me, um, keep everything organized and everything as well. Yeah. And I don't know what it all entails um, as far as software goes, but I love Kajabi because Kajabi does everything for me. That's that's the only thing I run my business off of. Um, you, If you create your packages or if you get Kajabi, you have a website built in, you have blog built in, you have products and services built in, and you have coaching built in. Um, and you can use that coaching product as your client delivery uh, method. So that mm -hmm. way everything is in one hub. Uh, I know since I've started, the price has increased, but because you are paying or they're expecting you to pay about $250 a month in software, you can still get it for, I think, under $200 a month. 
um, with using Kajabi for your packages. But again, I think that's down the line. I want you to get, I, I want you to create your content bank first before you even think of spending money monthly on a software service because you still need to make sure that you have the um, the capacity to keep up with content creation so you can have clients coming in and you have leads coming in. But mm -hmm. then you also um, want to make sure that you're not wasting money unnecessarily. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, work smarter, not harder. That's all we need. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't try to be on all the platforms at once. A stick to one platform, hone in on that platform, and you'll be good. Um, I know a lot of times business coaches will say, you know, you want to be wherever your customers are. Listen, you are one person. <laughs> Find a platform, stick with it, and you'll be fine. Um, don't be like me who's now after six years of being in business is switching platforms finally to the platform that fits my personality. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going to lie though. I found you on Instagram, so it did its job. It did. Yes. It did its job. But I understand now you like, okay, I'm ready to like go in my seclusion, my little hermit mode right now. So <laughs> a little bit or, and then it's. I'm tired of like, I was tired of the content wheel. Like, oh my God, I created this really bomb reel and it went viral for like a day or two and then it's dead. No, I don't want that. <laughs> I need my, I need my content that is going to last. <laughs> so we're going to call it a day and stick to YouTube. I am going to use uh, Instagram still from time to time for like engagement stuff. But um, yeah, if if my heart had itself would have listened in the beginning, I would have started everything on YouTube because it, it fits my personality a lot more. I'm not going to say like, you know what? I'm not as introverted as I thought I was. Um, I just, I just prefer my peace. <laughs> Nothing is wrong with that because sometimes you just got to sit in a quiet room and be like, all right, let me take a moment, and then be like, okay, now I need to interact with other people. <laughs> Like I want to work on social media. I don't necessarily want to like be a part of the social media crowd all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I think your strategy is relatively simple. Just carve out a day or two out of the month dedicated to content, have it scheduled out, plan out your content so you're not um, wasting unnecessary time. And then um, once you start attracting the people that you actually want to work with, then um you make plans for the website and uh, the software services once they pay you. Uh, you can easily use PayPal in the beginning or even Stripe. I would probably recommend PayPal first. Um, and then when you start making an additional income, then you add on Stripe and then everything else. But start, start with one client first. Um, after you have consistent revenue coming in, then I would worry about the LLC, the, um, the website, the other software services, QuickBooks, all of that. Okay. Okay. All right, ma'am. Do you have any other questions for me? No, I would say, I think that's, um, so you said PayPal, which I do have a PayPal. Um, and then also what? How do you feel about Zelle? Because I know that is kind of getting, okay. <laughs> say less, say less, okay. <laughs> Not for business stuff. Like I like if you have to send a payment to somebody, cool. Um, like y'all paying for lunch, cool. But for business, Cash App, Zelle, none of that. PayPal, Stripe only. Um, I know there's some other payment processors are out there, but PayPal and Stripe are pretty much dominating that field or dominating um, the payment world. So yeah, no. Okay. As soon as people tell me to pay them on Cash App, they never hear from me again, ever. <laughs> no. And I get it. Sm like small business, you start with where you are. Um, but because there are so many other options available, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to um, making sure that your customers feel comfortable paying you and there is some protection, I would stay away from um, those type of payment services for business payments. Okay. Well, since I already got PayPal already set up for me personally, that's great. Cause I was like, hmm. Um, and then also, cause also PayPal has different um, sources. They have the Venmo and they also have, so I was like, okay, that's great. Yeah. There that's are a lot awesome. of apps within PayPal that you can use for your business. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, that's what I'll be working on. Um, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs>
All right. So, Ms. Catherine, it's always a pleasure talking to you, ma'am. And I will have your episode for you uh, probably tomorrow or Thursday, depending on my schedule. And if you think of anything, you can always email me. <laughs> All right. I will. All right. Talk to you later. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. So that was the episode with Catherine. She had some questions regarding how to pretty much balance starting a new business while working her nine to five and making sure her financial goals are met. One of her biggest things is just making sure that content is going to be the forefront for her so that she can create a bank where clients can meet her where she is. And because she is working that nine to five, I want to also make sure that she is not burning herself out. So if she has a set schedule that she can stick to twice a month, I think she can do really, really well with creating a content bank and attracting clients that actually resonate with her, her personality and what she wants to write about. Um, but Thank you guys for tuning in. If you have any questions, feel free to comment them in the chat or in the comment section after the video is published. And if you want to be my next guest on the A Balanced Life podcast, you can click the link in the description box or in the pinned comment in the comment section. But until next time, peace, love, and bags, y'all. Talk to you.